coming up on this week's episode of News of the Week for episode 347 of the YLP Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen of the YLP realm, this is definitely one of the better weeks in terms of what news came down the pike. And just a couple of days ago, we got really big news. We found out that WWE is launching NXT Europe, which will begin in 2023. This is big news. But along with that, another bit of news came down the pike involving NXT UK and what went down at NXT Heatwave this past Tuesday. We're going to talk about all that as a top story this week and the full list of wrestlers that have unfortunately been given their pink slips and uh, given their very best uh, in their future endeavors. We're going to talk about all of that in this week's top story. Also, in this week's news, apparently they just keep finding money connected to Vince McMahon because this past week in uh, nonsensical uh, Vince McMahon news they found another $5 million of unreported expenses from Vincent Kennedy McMahon we'll talk about where it's connected to and all that good stuff in between also Freddie Prince Jr former writer in WWE one of my favorites in the game period has stated that Vince McMahon displayed super racist cultural ignorance that dictated storylines. It has very been, been very blatant of Vince uh, to have gone that route many times tainous, and uh, I'll give you my thoughts on that as well. All that and more on episode 347 of the YLP Podcast. This is, not, this is an episode y'all don't want to miss. We got a lot to talk about. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time, and I'm glad you had pressed that wonderful play button to listen to yours truly because last time I checked um this is episode 347 of the YLP podcast let's hit that intro let's get it started and with that being said let us begin Zach from the Wrestling Issues Podcast here, and welcome to episode 347 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this lovely Saturday, and I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are, in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast, and as always... I greatly and truly appreciate it. It is Saturday, August 20th, 2022. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day so far. Hope your week was as productive and as kick-ass as you hope. And if it wasn't, we go back to the drawing board, figure it all out, and get ready for Monday to slaughter and whoop some ass. But uh, yes, hope you guys had a fantastic week this week. I actually had a good week. Um, I actually installed a closet for the first time. Uh, for Miss YLP, um, that felt pretty cool. It's actually it actually looks really nice. Um, she's painting it right now as we speak, and um, yeah, it's gonna look it's, it looks it looks fantastic. It's it's just that creative mindset, you know. Give me a vision, and I can kind of make it work. And it worked out exactly 
pretty much how you know Ms. YLP would would like it, and I, and it kind of made me jealous a little bit because that closet looks very fucking nice. But but besides that, besides that, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or opinions about today's episode, do not hesitate to hit your boy up with an email over at you can simply send it to um young lines perspective at gmail.com you can also leave a voice message over at anchor.fm slash radio over on anchor.fm slash radio over on ambiguous podcast solutions.com shout out to will terry shook uh the one of the the, the big dog uh of aps and um anywhere else you listen to this fine podcast i gotta say in terms of the wrestling news that we have this week, or at least what I have, because this is a brand spanking new episode of News of the Week, the show that discusses everything and all the news that's fit for yours truly to talk about. There was a good amount of news that came out down the pipe this week, but none bigger, none bigger than the news that came out on Thursday with the news that... I don't know if it sh- sent shockwaves, but to me, at least as a person who keeps up um, with uh, NXT and all that stuff as much as humanly possible without, you know, taking ice picks, putting them on a, a you know, gas stove and then just jamming them into my eyes. That's called torture to yourself and that's not a good thing, but it's a terrible visual and I'm sorry for that. But um, WWE made the announcement on Thursday that there will actually be NXT Europe. Not only are we going to be getting NXT Europe next month, and actually just a couple of weeks, same weekend as Clash of the Castle, we're going to be getting Worlds Collide. So let's head over to F4WOnline.com and discuss, you know, this big, huge old news. WWE launching NXT Europe September Worlds Collide event set. NXT UK will go on a brief hiatus, mind you, in air quotes, following Worlds Collide. This is from Ian Carey. Let's get into this, y'all. WWE, yeah, words hard. Not not even three seconds into the article, I'm already, already, English hard. Anywho, let's rewind that and try again. WWE will be expanding into more international markets beginning next year. The company officially announced the creation of NXT Europe on Thursday. The final NXT UK show will be Worlds Collide on September 4th, the day before Clash at the Castle and the day of WWE All Out. It's the day after, Mr. Carey. Um, But we're not going to talk about that. Worlds Collide will air beginning at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but if you're in my neck of the woods of Colorado, it's 2 p.m., so, uh, afternoon tea, anyone. Um, while All Out will begin later that night. Following Worlds Collide, NXT will go on a brief hiatus, air quotes around that, before NXT Europe launches in 2023. Following the success of our live events and talent identification efforts throughout all of, we believe this is the perfect time to expand NXT beyond the UK, said Shawn Michaels, who is now... And this is, this is even more news. Who is now the WWE Vice President of Talent Development Creative. <laughs> round of applause. Round of applause for Shawn Michaels. He, he fucking deserves it. Exactly. Michaels was also interviewed by Fox News about NXT's expansion into Europe. Saying, quote, So some of it, like everything with the WWE and NXT, that pipeline is always fluid. It's going to be one of those situations where we are going to have a lot of representation going into Worlds Collide. 
He continued on to say, quote, It's what NXT has always been, and that is to be a pipeline for the WWE in support of Raw and SmackDown. That process is going to continue. We're going to use the UK talent that we can to go into Worlds Collide and keep that representation out there for as long as we can. And as we move things over here in the process, we'll make all those decisions in 2023 about who's a part of NXT Europe and who continues to stay here in NXT in hopes of getting a main roster call-up. Michaels continued to comment on possible events for NXT Europe across the continent, saying, quote, I remember all the times we went to Germany. It was off the charts. Just fantastic. But I don't know. I would love to kind of go to Venice, Italy, but that's just me. He has good taste. Man has good taste. He goes on to say, But look, with WWE and NXT, we just want to go and represent our brand across the world. I certainly have some favorite places I would like to go to. Look, I think Paris, France would be pretty cool. Yeah? This? Uh, He also spoke to Metro UK about NXT Europe, saying, quote, This has been a goal of Hunters for quite some time. And I think clearly with what has gone on recently with him taking on creative, he felt that now would be a great time to have that ability to do that. NXT UK was one of the first steps in that process, end quote. Michaels also spoke about what Worlds Collide means for the NXT UK brand, saying, quote, It's sort of a pseudo-final event for NXT UK at Worlds Collide. I'm just excited that we're growing it. A lot of things we have talked about in the past, now they're finally happening. And this talent's going to have an opportunity, the opportunity I should say, I'm sorry, to enjoy the fruits of all their hard work. NXT UK has so much European talent as is, so it's only fitting fitting we grow that brand to cover Europe. WWE is a global entity, and NXT is obviously a huge part of that. Being able to help them and be part of that process is really one of the most enjoyable things I've ever gotten to do in my entire life. Quote, end quote. Several NXT UK wrestlers appeared on NXT this past Tuesday, building up angles for Worlds Collide. Uh, NXT UK champion uh, Tyler Bate got involved in a face-off with NXT champion Braun Breaker to close the show. Before I give you my thoughts on how I feel about NXT Europe and NXT UK as a whole, um, there was news of um, talent being released from NXT UK. (laughs) Excuse me. And uh, I actually am over at TJRWrestling.net. Uh, they actually have the entire list of names who were who have been released. Um, now, the following people uh, posted tweets about their release, and the names and some of the names I'm actually surprised by that they're getting uh, letting go. But I'll explain why in a second. Uh, Flash Morgan Webster, Wild Boar, Jack Stars, Mark Andrews, Amalet. I don't know how to pronounce, but I'm gonna go with Amal because it sounds somewhat French. Because she's from France, and I believe that's about as close as French as we can get. Uh, Amelia McKenzie. Uh, Kirsty Bosley, Dave Mastiff, Ashton Smith, Shaw Samuels, Nina Samuels, as far as I know, no relation. Sam Gradwell, Danny Luna, Primate, Rohan Raja, Kenny Williams, and Amir Jordan. Now, the following releases were reported by PW Insider, and those names are Trent Seven, big surprise, Sid Scala, big surprise, Eddie Dennis, T Bone, T Omen, Zaya Brookside, surprise. Saxon Huxley. Those are the names, at least, that we know of that have been released from WWE. Now, in terms of the names that uh, I just read off to you guys that have been released, um, here's my thought process on this is why I'm not uh, bugging out as much as usually I would when it comes to releases. Because, one, it's Triple H. Two, Shawn Michaels. Um, but here's the real, here's the real reason why I'm not as mad because 
these names can then go out, still be able to do what they do, you know, you know, whether they do it over in, you know, other promotions in the UK, maybe Progress, maybe ICW, maybe OTT, uh, over the top, for those of you that may not know. Um, Russell Carnival, I believe, is over in uh, UK. I know my boy uh, Jermaine, Brother Jermaine, coming out, sending the vibes. Uh, I need names for uh, UK promotions that I know they're going to be working at. Um, and I know uh, WXW in Germany. And I know there's promotions popping up in like Spain and France and all that. Um, but as far as I know, the, the biggest one that I know of in Europe is WXW. Uh, where Volter... Where we first met Volter and Ringkampf. Ah, good times. Good times. Reminiscing, forgive me. Um, the reason I'm not as angry about these releases is because the fact that they're still able to do what they do, as I said. And I have a good feeling somewhere, you know, when NXT Europe does begin to start up in 2023, that a good portion of these names will probably be coming back. Feel me? Um, you know, Trent Seven, you want Trent Seven because of the, I mean, yeah, Trent Seven turned heel on Tyler Bate and we all felt some type of way about that, especially in our Discord. And speaking of our Discord, I don't mind to break up the monotony here. Uh, you can join our Discord. We have a WrestleLadic Radio Discord. Go over to the, uh, WrestleLadic Radio Twitter at addict underscore wrestle and click on our link tree. Our link tree has an invite to join our Discord. Click on that, the uh, wonderful and humble modest, uh, and should have his beard back. <laughs> General Manager Kang Rose will give you the invite. Click yes, and you will join us in the WrestleLadic Radio Discord. It's a good time. We have a few people over there. Of course, all the members of the WrestleLadic Radio family, plus a few of our Patreon people that came over. And yeah, it's a good time over there. We talk wrestling. We talk about life things, all that good stuff. So yeah, if you want to join that. Head over to our Wrestletic Radio Twitter, click on the link tree, get the invite, say yes, and you'll. And it takes you no more than five minutes. I'm, I did it myself. Took me five minutes, less than that. You get the point. Just join. Yeah, if you want to join the Wrestletic Radio Discord, come through, say what's up. We're all I'm, all. I'm in there heavy all the time. So if you want to join that, please, by all means, join us. It's a good time. But getting back into this news here. Um. A good portion of these names will probably be coming back. I definitely expect the Trent Seven to come back and Eddie Dennis, Isaiah Brookside. Um, I, I, would, I would see uh, Subculture, which is uh, Danny Luna, Mark Andrews, and Flash Morgan Webster to come back together for um, NXT Europe. I would say a good portion of these names are going to be still coming back to NXT Europe, but they're not going to hinder them from not doing their job, you know. That would just that would just be that would make no sense. I mean, I mean, we saw. Uh, I didn't see NXT uh, Heatwave live, <laughs> but I did kind of uh, read up on it after the event went down. Um, and what Blair Davenport, Tyler Bates showed up. Um, I don't know who else showed up. I'm, I'm gonna be brutally honest with y'all, but those are the two main names that I saw show up, and um, that's a big deal. And now we understand why because uh, I was talking to Brother Wade on the Twitter. And he was telling me, you know, we were like, like I think he said, like, Tyler Bate. I'm like, what? He's like, what, what are they doing this for? All he said was, worlds collide. I understood the assignment immediately. And now it makes sense that they're going to be doing a, you know, worlds collide event. As like the, because honestly, the way, I, the way I see it, worlds collide is NXT UK's last hurrah. 
And especially, I have a good feeling, and I don't want to make assumptions or anything, but I have a good feeling that at least, you know, my UK squadron realizes that and has had realized that immediately that NXT UK is I mean you're not going to put in air quotes brief hiatus for no fucking reason and I mean don't give me don't get it twisted I covered NXT UK for a better part of about two years from like from the beginning and then it, I was there for, at least through Blackpool too feel me and I loved it. I loved NXT UK for what it was, especially when they first had the um, UK Championship Tournament, and that was just brilliant. Michael Cole actually sounded like Michael Cole should always sound, and now how he sounds now in SmackDown, now that Vince McMahon is left. I mean, that was awesome, and that was a wonderful prequel to NXT UK as a whole. I mean, we were introduced to names like Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, the Grizzled Young Veterans, um... Mustache Mountain, Pete fucking Dunn, Tyler Bate. Um, some of the, I mean, if you were heavy, already heavy in the UK game, you already knew most of these names anyway. But to see them, but for I think I think for y'all, it was more so like actually putting them in a prominent spotlight. That's what that's what I thought. You know, especially for the UK, it is an underrated, uh, at least to me personally, it is an underrated region of the re- professional wrestling world. They've got talent. You you see it. They got talent. New Japan dudes go to freaking UK to get their excursion on. For the most part. And the UK crowd is great. Always has, always will be. Bunch of, y'all a bunch of animals and I'm here for it. I mean, the chance y'all did for Bailey when she was a babyface was just brilliant. It was just fantastic. I will say, UK, I'm not saying, I mean, I always have that, that thought of like, of WrestleMania in the UK, but I mean, time differences would destroy everybody and everybody would get mad. But we ain't here for that. <laughs> I'd be, I'll be here for it. I'll chill out two, three o'clock, watch a little, watch a little WrestleMania, cool out, you know, do a little grill and something. I don't know, you know, just, just having my thoughts. But, you know, seeing NXT UK grow and actually be and have its, have its cycles, you know, focusing on, you know, more, you know, the tournaments and all that stuff. But in, in essence, NXT UK had its stages. But I think what messed them up was the pandemic. Pandemic messed all of it up because they were in their groove. They were in their bag. We had Walter and Ilya and shit. We had Rampage Brown and shit. They were having bangers. But I had that feeling like the NXT, NXT UK kind of was hindered by the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? And it never really got back. At least for me, I mean, I I stopped. I didn't. It's not like I stopped watching it because I didn't like the product. I stopped watching it because it was so much to have on my plate during the workhorse era. For those of y'all who was fucking with me then, you know, it got to a point where I couldn't really cover it and do it like I wanted to. It stunk and it hurt my heart. Don't get it twisted. It hurt my heart. It hurt my heart so bad. Um, but to see NXT UK go from where they started to where they are now, it is a wonderful thing to to have seen over the past couple of years. And it, and it was like it was like a, it was like a renaissance, and uh, it was more of a you know comeuppance for the for the UK, and everybody. And I was into it, and like I said, they they had put on hella matches, good damn good matches that would I would say rival some of the best NXT has done. 
And when they had their Worlds Collide event for the first time, that first go around, wow. I mean, Undisputed Era versus Im- freaking Imperium in the main event. In an eight-man tag. It was wonderful. It was a brilliant thing to see. And to see NXT UK go away, it hurts. It's like, it's like you know, you watch this become something that was absolutely brilliant. You know, it came on at 3 o'clock on a Thursday. You know, I, I mean, I would get home from work around, like, I, at 3, but I would actually start it from the beginning because I'm a smart person. And, you know, I would, re- I would either watch it that day or I would watch it during the weekend because I just wanted to enjoy that. And it was great to see. And you saw, and you saw the, you know, the rise of names. You know, Rhea Ripley in, in the Women's Championship Tournament when they when that that was thing. That was a big deal. You know, because everybody thought Tony Storm was going to win that tournament, and then Ripley won it, and it was shock, and it was beautiful. Grizzly Young Veterans becoming the first ever NXT UK Tag Team Champions crowd was in shock. I loved it personally because I I had hoped they were going to win, um, <coughs> but um. You know, and just seeing the rise of top names, the names that, you know, that are now going to be prominent in, in NXT uh, in the near future. It, I mean, it's it's wonderful. NXT UK built something. And, and, you know, like I said, you already had, you know, Progress and ICW and OTT and all that. You know, NXT UK became, you know, a way for talent to come into, you know, from Progress, from ICW, from OTT. And all that to come into NXT UK and have an opportunity, but still being able to compete outside of NXT UK, which was the fun part, you know. And and I'm thankful for NXT UK. And like I said, if it weren't for the pandemic, I think NXT UK would be in their fucking bag, and maybe at some point expanding into Europe. Now, as far as you know, now NXT UK becoming NXT Europe, we. I mean, I think. A good portion of y'all remember the meme uh, many moons ago where, you know, I think you know, it was NXT, you know, Europe, NXT Australia, NXT Japan, NXT China, NXT uh, South America and all this shit. It, like, it was making fun of Triple H, you know, trying to expand because uh, of news of having an NXT Japan. Um, and that's going to be a hard market to tap into just, you know, <laughs> do your scouting and you'll be keep doing what you were doing, you know, with like the Oscars and the EOs and the Kyries and all that and the Kushidas, you know. And Shinsuke, oh, tired, woo! Um, but NXT Europe, I like the concept. I, I I like the concept because Europe is a huge market. WWE, in terms of main roster, rarely goes to the. Uh, they have their European tour, but it's only like once a year, maybe twice at best. You know, so for. WWE, at least for the developmental brand, to now expand into Europe, I think it's going to give more of an opportunity for a lot more talent to actually put work in. And, you know, like I, like I said, with the names that got released, I think a good portion of them are going to be coming back into the fold. But I, I don't think, but I don't think WWE would have wanted to, you know, stop them from doing their job, which is be a professional wrestler. You feel me? So. I dig the expansion. I, I am for the expansion of going into Europe because the pos- there's a lot of possibility there. You know, fine. I mean, WXW alone got talent. I'm not saying they're gonna poach. You know, I don't want. I don't want to get to a point where people start thinking it's you know it's poaching, poaching talent. Because I mean, people will say that about AEW snagging WWE talent uh, when they got released. That's the nature of the game. That's the nature of the business. 
And if you haven't figured that out yet, you haven't been paying attention. NXT Europe. The possibilities now are exponentially more than had the UK. You know. It's one of those things where now you can go to, you know, different markets and do them more frequently than you did before. You know, when it was just main roster uh, talent coming to the uh, going over to Europe for their European tour. Now, in a sense, they can actually have that. But with talent they've known and seen in their continent. You understand what I'm saying? So it's going to be one of those things where, you know, German fans are going to be, you know, going to be hyped. Like, you know, Belgium, Amsterdam, you know, the entirety, of course, you know, the entirety of the UK, France, Spain. There's a lot of talent there. And a lot of talent in, I mean, there's a lot of countries in Europe. It's a really big fucking continent. There's a lot of talent that can be found through within Europe and building them up. Or they can just be homegrown talent that, no, you know, not so well-known names can become household names within NXT Europe. NXT NXT itself is the model that Vince McMahon never wanted to have. But it's something that was needed. And now that we have, you know, the expansion into Europe, the events alone, look at the opportunity of where they get to go now. You know, with NXT UK, I mean, there was a good amount of places that they went to. You know, Dublin, Blackpool. I really wish they had done a London one. <laughs> for NXT, for the NXT UK purposes. I know they did take over London within NXT. But NXT, but I think NXT UK would have, you know, been more. You know. I always think big, so I think Wembley. You know, all that good stuff. Oh, I would love to see, you know, of course, take over Cardiff. That was a, that was a brilliant takeover. Holy shit. Um, but it's, it's that thing, you know. Now... Think about what they're going to go. We're going to be able to go to Amsterdam, Paris, you know, Hamburg, Berlin. Hell, they can go to Portugal, Spain. You know, you know, they, you know, it take over, take over Milan. Oh God! Now I'm thinking maximum male models might be fucking there just to hang out. Anywho, that's a whole different story, and, and I digress. But there's the possibilities. There, you know, going into different cities throughout Europe. I mean, it's it's just fantastic. This is something that, you know, I'm not sure many people wanted to see just yet. But now that we have, you know, Triple H at the helm of everything, this can only be a well thought out progression of professional wrestling. You know what I mean? You know, I'm not I'm not saying we're going to have a takeover Moscow anytime soon, okay? But possibility is there somewhere down the line. But there's just so many opportunities in so many places to find talent. You know, a true take a true takeover Madrid. What about a takeover Rome? You know, a takeover Vienna. You know, head over to Hell, take over Prague, because, you know, my Czech heritage, feel me? Take over Prague, yes. Yes. I'm down for that. But there's possibilities. 
There's a lot more possibility now to have those events and to find and cultivate talent. That's the key. NXT prides themselves, at least black and gold era version of it, prided themselves on not only cultivating, you know, homegrown talent, but also bringing in talent, you know, you know, not just the, you know, the big swole cats with no neck, no, all this shit. You kind of need diversity of size and whatnot, not for a David versus Goliath story or anything like that, but you need to diversify your talent. Not every, not every talent you're going to have in your roster is going to be a swole 275 pound dude with no neck. It's not how that works. <laughs> you understand? So, as a whole, for at least for me, personally, NXT UK, we thank you. Those years, you know, those, you know, from where it began to just a tournament to determine the first ever United Kingdom champion to what it became, I enjoyed every little bit of it. I did. I did. I, I I wish I had caught you know stayed up on it you know as much as possible. It'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> Excuse me. But as a whole, NXT UK going into moving into and evolving Pokemon style into NXT Europe, I think having NXT UK was a great base for it. Was a great foundation for what they're about to do in 2023. That's so. That's what I think of it. I think that that's. I mean, this is a great move for WWE. I really do. I mean, it's going in the right direction. At least, at least from my mind now, and, and now expanding this and making this bigger. And you know, they're gonna. Have, you know, they're gonna have tryouts over in Europe. Come on now. You don't. You don't think for one second they're not gonna be doing that. Like, that's what you need to do. Find that new talent. Find up-and-coming talent. And that's what NXT did. Started from having their homegrown talent be built up, brought up to the main roster, and then starting to bring in, find other talent from outside NXT. And it worked. And they created storylines and wonderful takeovers and matches and just everything that they did was just magic. And I think with NXT Europe, y'all over in Europe, my European (laughs) squadron, I mean, get ready. 2023 is going to be a hell of a time for y'all because we all know what Triple H can do. We all know what the black and gold style of WWE can be. We know what that we're seeing it now with the main roster. I find no reason why we can't do it over in Europe. I think this is a good time. This is a really good time to let that be known. And to the 2020, you know, the 22 people that actually got released, um, I know y'all going to be finding somewhere to land and do some work and we will see you very, very soon. You understand they, they, they'll be back in NXT Europe for sure. I, a good portion of them, like I said, will go be going to NXT Europe because it's stressing triple H and the vision that he has. And a lot of us see, have been wanting that vision for so long and now we're starting to see it. And now we're starting to understand the possibilities of, you know, when you aren't limited to just catering to one man. When you're focusing on the, the bigger picture. And now he's just, oh, like, it, like think of like the, the movies and whatnot with those black bars and the movie videos and whatnot. 
cinematic style and whatnot. He he took those black bars and ripped them off, and now we get to see the bigger picture. Now we get to see more. We get to see. We're starting to see and understand what they're trying to do. I mean, come twenty twenty three, shit. Europe, get ready. And I'll be and trust me, I will be watching as much as I possibly can. But that's going to conclude our top story for episode 347 of the YLP podcast. When we come back on the other side, we'll get into the mid-card portion of the program. And we got some news. We got Vince McMahon, Mo Money, Mo Money, Mo Money. Apparently they found another $5 million in unrecorded expenses. Where was it connected to? We'll talk about that on the other side. Triple H has stated... WWE has a massive opportunity to engage with current stars and create new ones. This going to be fun. And and then, of course, for those of you who may not know, sometimes WWE did some really racist shit. Freddie Prince Jr. saying Vince McMahon displayed super racist cultural ignorance that dictated storylines. We're going to talk about that a little bit. <clears throat> And how it was displayed and, and giving it to you from my eyes seeing that. On the other side of episode 347 of the YLP Podcast, stay tuned. Be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with episode 347 of the YLP Podcast and getting into more news of the week. But before we get back into the news, y'all know I got to do some shameless plugs, and that's what I plan on doing right now. Make sure you check out the the remainder of the family of Wrestle Addict Radio every Tuesday. Brace for Impact Podcast, talking about Impact Wrestling with the boy, Nate the effing great at the helm on the ones and twos and all that good stuff. Talking about that every Wednesday. You catch the live version of the Kings of the Rings podcast over on YouTube.com, Twitter, and Twitch. And uh, this past Wednesday, their uh, guest was uh, a wonderful, wonderful uh, guest. Claire, uh, at ABA tweeting, talking about beer and professional wrestling. Wonderful guest on the show uh, this week. Definitely, definitely, and she's a newbie to the uh, world of professional wrestling as well. So, uh, through Wrestle Edits Radio, we will teach this wonderful young Padawan what it is of professional wrestling. It is a beautiful thing. Uh, Claire was definitely a hell of a guest. She kicked ass on the show, at least, at least from what I saw. And um, yeah, everybody in the chat was just you know enjoying it. We were talking about uh, they were talking about like, you know kind of like what matches they would have stipulations wise and all that stuff uh, yeah so it's it's really cool stuff it's a, it was a really damn good episode um, shout out to Claire one time as the guest and shout out to as always the Kings of the Rings podcast uh, for bringing her in uh, for this week's episode uh, uh, but if you do miss the live version you can catch it of course audio version on Thursday okay because they do that but Friday WrestleMania podcast all the good stuff about the ruthless aggression era. If you're into that, like I is, you might want to check that out. You know, you don't have to just listen to me, but we got an entire close to a week's worth of top-notch quality programming for y'all. So check out not just myself, not just the YLP podcast, but the family of Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common 
Wrestling Podcast. Let us get back into the news, shall we? Let me actually fix my mic real quick. I'm not feeling the angle. Angle's good now. Okay. We head over to cultaholic.com to open up this segment uh, of the podcast. Report. $5 million in unrecorded Vince McMahon expenses connected to Donald Trump WWE appearances. Vince McMahon failed to report his payments to the Donald Trump Foundation from Aiden Gibbons. While it already appeared to be the case, it has been confirmed by the Wall Street Journal that $5 million in unrecorded expenses from Vince McMahon were payments to the Donald Trump Foundation in 2007 and 2009, bringing the total in undeclared McMahon expenses to $19.6 million. Well, we we well. IRS filings showed the WWE sent exactly $5 million in contributions to the Donald Trump Foundation in 07 and 09, with $4 million in 2007 and a further million dollars two years later. Donald Trump appeared on WWE TV in both years, first through his involvement in the Battle of the Billionaires at WrestleMania 23. He then bought and sold Monday Night Raw on a 2009 episode of The Red Brand. I kind of vaguely remember that episode, which was weird. Anywho... The payments were ultimately linked to Trump's TV appearances with a person who reviewed the former U.S. president's contract for WrestleMania 23, telling the Wall Street Journal that Trump directed Vince McMahon to pay a $4 million appearance fee to the Donald Trump Foundation. Trump then boasted following Mania that his appearance had been so successful that McMahon agreed to pay an extra $1 million. <laughs> I, uh, Vince McMahon's attorney, Jerry McDevitt rejected that the $1 million was a bonus, though writing, quote, Mr. Trump and WWE entered into a contract where WWE agreed, whereby WWE, god damn, hit my table and shit, whereby WWE agreed to and did pay him personally an appearance fee of $1 million. At the same time, the McMahons made a personal contribution to the Trump Foundation for $4 million. There was no additional fee paid to Mr. Trump or any additional contribution to the Trump Foundation due to the success of the event, end quote. McDevitt stated that Trump received $100,000 for his 2009 Raw appearance and Vince McMahon and Linton Linda McMahon donated $1 million to the Trump Foundation that year. WWE were registered as the payees for the transactions, but the funds actually came from Vince McMahon. A WWE attorney noted to WSJ that the payments should have been registered as a business expense as business expenses because Vince McMahon was the principal shareholder of WWE and the payments benefited the organization. The majority of Vince McMahon's unrecorded expenses were related to the hush money and sexual misconduct allegations. We already know this bit, so we're not even going to get into the, read the rest of the article. We already know what he he fucking went for. Um, it just gets a little crazier for the man, doesn't it? The only reason he's really in trouble is because all these expenses were not recorded. That's the big one. Like That's the reason why he's in a little bit of trouble right now. He's fa- He failed to report his payments. That's all this was. You know, regardless if this, was, if this went to Donald Trump and how you feel about Donald Trump, that's beside the point. The fact that he failed to report these payments is the issue at hand. That's the big news. That I mean, I mean, in those cases, you have to record those. We talked about this many times, Taney's on the show, since this has, has begun. And I know a lot of people, you know, especially now with, you know, 
87,000 more IRS agents coming into the fold, um, a lot of people are, you know, trying to make sure they do their taxes right and shit. And with businesses, if you're failing to report your payments, yeah, they're going to be on your ass. You feel me? That that's how that works. That's the nature of the business. You know, your WWE is a business, publicly traded. May I add? I don't have any stock in it. I just know that it is. Mm. But thing is, this is just bad business. Bad business at the end of the day. That, that's what we need to be taking away from this. Don't worry about, you know, you know where the money's connected to. I mean, I mean if it's for some, some fucking fuckery shit, then yeah, let's, let's be worried a bit. But in this case, you know, don't worry about the, you know, Donald Trump appearances. You know, this is more on Vince McMahon failing to report the payments. I mean, it's, the fact that he didn't do it is kind of weird, you know? I mean, I mean, whatever Trump said, it's just like, okay, yeah, he, yeah, so successful, he agreed to pay an extra million. If you know Donald Trump long enough, you know he's going to say shit, shit like that all the time, you know. But this is just very, very, very bad business. At the end of the day, you know, you have to put that on file. You have to put that on wax. You have to let the IRS know, I did this shit. That way, they ain't on your ass. So, regardless of you know how you feel, again, like I said, regardless of how you feel about Donald Trump and all that, it's more so on Vince McMahon because, you know, you didn't feel like, I guess, I guess you know, maybe it slipped your mind, you know, Vincent. But, um, yeah, now... I mean, it, the more the more we the more news that comes out about more money being added, the worse it, it's going to look for Vince McMahon. And I mean, it's just it, I mean, I mean, because I did read news um, that the um, investigation is so what they call quote unquote substantially complete, or is it, or as I like to call it, they pretty much fucking done. They just got you know a little bit of things to do left. Um. Because, I mean, like I said in the beginning, uh, uh, when all of this started, I actually, like, if, if you didn't catch that, you know, I actually thought it was going to turn out to be an absolute nothing burger. Because of the way, you know, corporations, you know, are structured and, you know, tax codes and loans and all this shit. Like, you kind of get an, you had the idea of just like, yo, this would probably turn out to be a nothing burger. And we go back to status quo. Vince McMahon continues to ruin WWE and so on and so forth. But then when we started to start seeing, you know, more and more, I, I believe I, if I remember correctly, I did apologize um, for that because I was wrong. I was going off an assumption and, it, you know, I didn't take a step back and just let the whole thing play out. And that's a that's a that's a slight on me, you know, and now seeing more and more of this and, you know, bad, this is just bad practice. That's ultimately what it comes down to with Vince McMahon. Bad practice and bad business. It's bad enough if a regular, you know, small business gets audited because, you know, they didn't, they went through a whole spiel and may have, you know, put the wrong number in the wrong spot. Next thing you know, they pay, you know, an extra $700 because of the audit. You feel me? But this is $5 million that wasn't even put on wax. 
Yikes. Full on, holy shit. Well, I mean, I, I mean, are we going to be, is, is more money going to come about? More money? How much more? We're about to head into one of the bigger weekends of professional wrestling, the professional wrestling calendar uh, in two weeks time. Clash of the Castle on Saturday on Saturday night, on August 3rd. Then you have All Out on the 4th and Worlds Collide on the same day. Okay? We're all going to be freaking out, man. Guess is going to be, yes, we're going to be talking about this until the cows come home, until this investigation is fully complete. But I'm just saying how much more money is going to be found. We, yeah, we're close to 20 million right now. Is there going to be another five, seven, nine, 25, 30 million in record and undeclared? We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm going to talk about it, you know, if it's substantial. But we shall move on and talk about a little bit more positivity on this podcast as we head over to WrestleZone.com. And if my laptop wants to, you know, get popping, thank you very much. Triple H, WWE has a massive opportunity to engage with current stars and create new ones. From Colin Tessier. Excuse me. Triple H sees a big opportunity to enhance the WWE product. WWE Chairman, CEO, and Head of Creative Vince McMahon retired on July 22nd, and Triple H subsequently took over all creative responsibilities. Since then, fans have already seen a number of changes to WWE programming, and he also brought back previously released stars like Karrion Cross and Dakota Kai. During the conference call about WWE's earnings for the second quarter, Triple H was asked about the opportunity WWE has to refresh and enhance the product and the changes investors and fans can look for. In response, he noted that he's been approaching his role as the head of creative with first day on the job thinking. He stated that he has been examining everything from the overall picture to the smallest details. Triple H also emphasized that the goal to create iconic characters and put them in quote, amazing storylines remains the same, saying quote, I think the opportunity in front of us is massive. And as a great man once told me, first day on the job thinking, and that's what we're doing here is first day on the job thinking. For me, I've been doing this for a long time, from behind the scenes and creative, since really almost the very beginning of my career here in WWE. But I'm approaching it from a first day. What is working? What isn't working? From the overall picture, all the way down to the smallest of details and really trying to create, create from there. It all comes down to the same thing. That it's come down to since the beginning is creating iconic characters, putting them in amazing storylines and fantastical storylines and whatever works for those characters the best, and then running with it and watching how fans react to that along the way. End quote. Triple H continued by emphasizing that the company has a massive opportunity to work with its current stars and create new ones. In doing so, WWE will aim to elevate these performers to new levels, saying, quote, So I think the... Well, okay, it's... So I think the opportunity is massive. I think it's an opportunity for us to not to only engage with the stars that we have for our fans, but to create new stars as well and create the platform and the opportunity for them to become bigger than anything we've seen prior to it. And this is actually a tweet from um, Brandon Thurston. I don't know this cat, but um, oh, this is just talking about uh, from the first day on the job thinking. Okay, so the biggest gripe that fans had 
in the Vince Mc, Vincent Kennedy McMahon era um, was that he did not create, you know, pretty much put it this way. He only wanted to create new stars organically if he was the one creating it organically. Not the fans cultivating it like you're supposed to because you want to listen to the fans. But being able to not only have your established talent be seen, (coughs) excuse me, but then being able to essentially... Not only have your established talent, but cre- but starting to create the future of your of your brands on Raw and SmackDown, because the established talent aren't going to be there forever, and you're going to need talent underneath. That came out weird. Anywho, from underneath, you know, and under you know, and it's in the totem pole. You look, it's lower in the totem pole to be able to come up when their time is ready to be doing so, and that's a key. You have to keep. You have to keep. It's, it's kind of like you know, think of it as sports teams, because I'm a sports fanatic. Um, I mean, I watched the uh, Seahawks game last night after uh, a wonderful movie date with Miss YLP. We actually saw The Kingsman. Very, very good movie. I highly recommend it. And we had Chinese food and Rupert Floats. So uh, I think it was a damn good night if I say so myself. And that pork fried rice was just money. But um, I watched the the Seahawks-Bears uh, game last night. And I just looked at the team. And just looking at it, my first thought was that you know, oh man, we are in dire need of an overhaul. You know, and you're seeing, you know, because, you know, Russell Wilson left and all that shit, and that, that sent shockwaves throughout the entire world. But it's, you know, now that, okay, he's traded, we have new talent coming in, we have to start cultivating the new talent and creating a team around the talent that we just got. You know, it's rebuilding. And in a sense, this is kind of a rebuilding for WWE. And now I'm really want, now I'm thinking about those root beer floats. Those things were delicious. Oh my goodness. Ah. Good times. Good times. Movie date night. Highly recommend it. But um <laughs> but um this is an entire in a sense rebuild. Even though you have your established talent and all that stuff, this is a rebuild for WWE as a whole to recreate and revamp what we've wanted to see. Because what we've wanted to see is proper storylines, proper booking of talent, creating new stars and and having that cycle continue to go. Because at some point, Seth Rollins is going to leave. Is going to be, you know, gone from the company and not doing as much. Roman's pretty much on a part-time schedule as we see it right now. Um, Lesnar is on a part-time. Uh, Cena, part-time. You know, Seth, he's he's getting up there. He still can go, but he's getting up there. A, you know, AJ Styles is, is like in his 40s. You know, Lash is getting up there. You know, Nakamura's up there. You know, you you got to make sure... That even though you have your established talent, you gotta have to start creating, you know, the guys in the mid card and the lower mid card from underneath and start cultivating them because you know they're gonna be future. Also, at the same time, you know, you have your NXT talent. And they're gonna be coming up the pipe through the pipeline up to the main roster, and that and that cycle has to continue. The one thing Vince McMahon didn't do 
is take that talent from NXT that that Triple H was actually building up to become big household names and subsequently pretty much essentially just squashing the shit out of him. Because he didn't create it. In his mind, it's like, why should I help cultivate a talent that I didn't create? That's the thing. That's the that's the deal right there. That's why. Because it didn't come from Vince. Vince didn't create it. Triple H was building, and then Vince would essentially destroy. Carrying Cross, we already know how that went down. But now that Vince is out of the fucking way, Vince, you know, not Vince, Triple H now can under, understands that, you know, we gotta revamp the shit. We gotta get, you know, we gotta create these characters and, you know, put them in solid storylines and being able to, you know, seeing what works for the character, what works for the talent. What what are we trying to, you know, you know, convey to the viewer that's watching, to the fan that's watching? How are we trying to portray this? You know, when you elevate, when you're elevating perform, like these performers, when you're elevating talent to levels they hadn't ever seen before, that's a big deal for a company as a whole. And I think this is this is the way. This is the way. Do you know the way? I know the way. The way is this. This is this is the beginning of what WWE can be when it's not being held back. When it's not being. As I said uh, in the last segment, a, an audience of one. When you're allowing talent that we know can do really good shit in the ring, because we've seen it, we've seen flashes of it, we know what we, we've seen what they can do in NXT. Now, now you're gonna see talent that have have been completely underutilized, and start being built to their fullest potential within the company. Guys like Mustafa Ali, guys like Selichik Alexander, guys like Dominic Dijakovic, possibly Angel Garza, Umberto Carrillo, you know, maybe talent like that, you know. And then once they start building those names up, because it's a lot of rebuilding, especially over on the SmackDown side, it's a lot of rebuild. But if anyone can honestly do it, and what many millions and millions of fans can say, is that their trust in Triple H is now is a lot more than their trust is in Vince McMahon. I believe Triple H can make WWE what it was meant to be and what it should have been in terms of its evolution. I can't wait to see. I mean, we're already seeing flashes of it. You know, so far in like the past like month or so. It's like been a month or so already. And we're starting to see the, the vision of, of one Paul Levesque. But we shall move on to our last uh, article of this segment of uh, episode 347 of the podcast. We head over to com, And this one is one I kind of wanted to get into a little bit. Freddie Prince Jr. Since Vince McMahon displayed super racist cultural ign- ignorance that dictated storylines. This is from Liam Winnard. A former WWE backstage player has stated that Vince McMahon displayed cultural ignorance, which directed the treatment of talent. Speaking recently on his Wrestling with Freddie podcast, Prince Jr. dropped a fascinating tidbit about having worked behind the scenes with Vince McMahon. 
When Freddie was discussing Japanese stars in WWE, Prince Jr. had thoughts regarding the rationale of why perhaps current stars like Asuka and Shinsuke Nakamura seem to languish on the main roster at the helm of Vince McMahon, whereas they got over with crowds in NXT. Freddie Prince Jr. attempted to phrase it delicately, however, spoke candidly, saying, quote, I have an honest answer, but I feel like when it when dirt sheets pull up from our podcast, it's going to come off like brutal and rough. The funny answer is, oh well, it's just super racist. It's just a cultural ignorance. Vince always felt if English isn't their first language, the American fan is always going to look at them as a heel. And if they are a baby face, McMahon wanted them to be funny and goofy. I think that's why there was a lot of goofy Mr. Moto BS when it came to Japanese wrestlers over here, end quote. With a new with a new Triple H like creative team, there seems to be a significant wave of change rippling throughout WWE. With Asuka moving forward in the Women's Tag Team Championship Tournament alongside partner Alexa Bliss and Shinsuke Nakamura putting on an amazing match on last week's SmackDown with Gunta Volta for the Intercontinental Championship, hopefully the days of cultural ignorance dictating character choices coming to a close. I'm not going to fucking lie to y'all. As, as most of y'all know, hopefully by now, by listening to this podcast, I am biracial as fuck. Dad's white and Czech. Mom is black. Okay? And so for me, when I hear someone say Vince McMahon displayed super racist cultural ignorance, I'm not fucking surprised. For those of you who may not know, let us go back to the Booker T... Triple H feud many, many moons ago. And that was probably outright one of the most terrible displays of that as as they headed into WrestleMania 19. Like, a lot of people, especially black people, um, you know was, like, this feud really was, like, that feud. You know, it was terrible. The the, the promo, the, oh, my God. It was just, and I'm even looking at it right here. And I, I, I'm going to put it out there. Don't freak out. But bear with me. Triple H in this feud said, and I quote, I think you're a big, a little bit confused about your role in life here. You're going to go to WrestleMania, but the fact is, Booker, somebody like you doesn't get to be a world champion. People like you don't deserve it. That's reserved for people like me. That's where the confusion is. You're not here to be a competitor. You're here to be an entertainer. That's what you do. You entertain people. Hell, you entertain me all the time. Go ahead. Do a little dance for me. Go ahead. Give me one of those spinneroonies. Entertain me. That's your job. Don't be embarrassed. You're here to make people like me laugh. With your nappy hair and your suckers. Hell, I was laughing all week long after you won that battle royal. Now, mind you, had this been said in 2022, Triple H would be an absolute, not literal, 
But in terms of uh, his his role in, in career in WWE, it would be dead. I mean, during the feud, he threw money Booker's way, asking him to bring him a towel and saying he should be his limo driver or baggage handler. This and this this actually turned off a lot of people because there's always been that, you know, and it's 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 seen it, we've seen it. Uh, Vince McMahon is a uh, hella racist when it comes to, you know, trying to create characters and whatnot. And it's it's been seen throughout. It's I mean, hell, for some of you newbies into the, in, in, you know, into this, you know, there's been co- like blatant displays of cultural ignorance. Blatant. Even as far back as the 80s. If you were a foreigner, you were a heel. Simple as that. If you were a baby fish, they're going to make you goofy as shit. But this feud between Triple H and Booker T was probably one of the worst displays of it. Of, of blatant racism. I mean, I even harken back, and some of y'all are going to remember this one. This is more recent. Uh, with Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jinder Mahal, the feud for the WWE Championship that was going to happen, I believe, at SummerSlam a few years ago. Maybe 2016-2017. And you all, rook the, you all rook the same. I watched that segment. I watched that entire fucking promo from Jinder Mahal. It was absolutely terrible. I remember then on Twitter, motherfuckers was wowing about this shit. It is. It was vile. It was disgusting then, and it is disgusting now. Now I know at least Triple H. I'm sure he had something. To, he, he tried his very best not to want to do the promo like that and and dead ass like I understand like at the time Triple H was a hell of a mega heel um at that point but we all knew Booker T should have became world heavyweight champion defeating Triple H. I mean that was that that was the God's honest truth. We all knew that and we know it to be true. But that promo really sent shockwaves throughout and a lot of people were very upset by it and still upset to this day because of it. But Vince McMahon definitely, and, I, and do not fall pretty friendly Prince Jr. one second because it's legit truth. What he said is legitimate. He was there. Like, you know, if English wasn't their first language in terms of the Japanese wrestlers, like Asuka and Shinsuke Nakamura, they were immediately heels just off just because they didn't speak English. Which what Triple H did with Asuka and Shinsuke. Was basically present them exactly how they were when they were in Japan. Triple H had Asuka booked as a killer. Two years undefeated. Before she lost, before she came up to the main roster and lost to Charlotte. Which was also terrible booking decision, by the way. Um, to, to this day. 
But when you're displaying a talent like Asuka like that, that's what we think of in W. Like when when we think of that, that's what we want to see. I don't want to see, you know, just because you know you don't your English is not your first language doesn't mean automatically you're a heel. Because of you know pride for country, I I totally get the sentiment, but that's the '80s, bro. We had Hulk Hogan for that. We was good on that. You understand? We was good on that. But then you had to bring that in, and like and when Oscar and Shinsuke came up, it was just dreadful. It was absolutely dreadful to see two people like that who were heralded in NXT come up to the main roster and look like a joke. An absolute fucking joke. Shinsuke was as big a babyface in NXT as you could ever see. From his first match against Sami Zayn, which was the one of the best matches I had ever seen in NXT history. To them being put up on the main roster against a guy like Jinder Mahal. Undoubtedly one of the worst champions that WWE ever fucking produced. And have him and have him say you all look the same. They went from heralded talents in NXT to jokes in WWE. And it's fucked up. It was fucked up. And in this case of it, I'm glad Vince McMahon is gone because we'll never have to see that bullshit ever again. It's a fucking joke. It was a joke. Vince McMahon made them look like jokes. And the burial of Booker T was was no different. They kind of did the same shit with Kofi. You're a B-plus player. You're not worthy of being WWE champion. A lot of a lot of people in the black community, especially within professional wrestling, have stated the racism in WWE. It was probably it was it was blatant. You know, it was blatant and vile and fucked up. That's what we don't need to see on our television screens week after week. I still think about that. Honestly, from time to time, I do think about that feud. How fucked up that was. And how they he, that how Booker T was portrayed. And how Triple H portrayed was portrayed. I, I have a strange feeling that Triple H wanted nothing to do with that. I have a feeling Triple H wanted, honestly, especially with the promo, had wanted nothing to do with that. Because if we actually did it the right way and had Booker T portrayed as a, as, as as the the next guy, the right at least the right move at the end of the day with that was to let Booker T become the world heavyweight champion and get his comeuppance after everything that that Triple H put him through, and they weren't in Investment Man didn't even have that happen.
that that's that's when I knew that, especially with, with more recently with Oscar and, and you know other you know foreign talent coming into the fold. When I saw that promo about Shinsuke, I was done with Vince then, fully. I was just like, yo, can we get this man's out of here? Cultural ignor- ignorance cannot dictate storylines. It can't. It shouldn't. It wouldn't. And thank God that Vince is gone. It will never fucking happen again. That's going to conclude this segment of episode 347 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, it's the main event segment of the YLP podcast. And we got hella good news uh, coming down the pike. Kevin Nash. Calls out WWE for recent fucked up actions. And you know I'm here for that. What did he have to say? We'll talk about it on the other side. Ty of Valkyrie says, has, has said, if the roster has enough depth, there should be multiple women's titles. And that's gonna be that's gonna be a little bit interesting when we get to have on the on the main event segment. And but this is this is this is what made me really, 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 really happy. Backstage news on potential involvement. AEW's potential involvement in NJPW's Wrestle Kingdom. We'll discuss that and a little bit of AEW news uh, that came down the pike. Of course, Kenny Omega came back. I'm going to give you all my thoughts on that. When we return to the main event segment of episode 347 of the YLP Podcast, be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the main event segment of episode 347 of the YLP podcast. Hope you guys have been enjoying the show so far. I also have Mr. YLP Jr. here with me under my desk. And, uh, well, I didn't mean to wake them up. I'm trying to sleep here. Okay, I'm just trying to get my naps in. You know, just let me live. Just let me live, Dad. <laughs> You're fine, Bubba. Enjoy your nap. Okay, Ted. Love you. Love you too, Bubba. But yes, Mr. Wild P. Jr. is in the building, hanging out underneath the desk, enjoying his nap. I forget what, how many naps he's had today, but he's had enough enough to fit his requirement. But, um, yes, yes, yes. A uh, little bit of an announcement. A couple weeks' time, as y'all know, it is going to be a big, big weekend. For the YLP podcast, because um, we have the Labor Day weekend of magnificence. I haven't figured out the actual proper name for it yet, but three episodes, three forty nine and three fifty, are going to be something to behold in just a couple weeks' time. Because on episode three forty nine of the YLP podcast, going down, I believe September third, two thousand and twenty two, we're doing a full on, flat out preview and prediction show. No news. If, we, if there is news if there's pertaining to the three events that are going to be going down this weekend, that's that's what the news is going to be going on this week. But episode 349 in a couple weeks' time is going to be strictly a full-out preview and prediction show for Clash at the Castle, for goddamn AEW All Out, and for Worlds Collide going down on 
September 3rd and 4th in just a couple weeks. Episode 350. I believe the semi-quincentennial uh, special. I actually know. Hold on. What is... Is the numerical term for 350th anniversary? Because I know there's a term for it. Let's see. 350. The semi sep centennial episode of the YLP podcast will be a full out, full on review of all three shows. That's what's going to be going down in just a couple weeks' time. And I hope you guys will be showing up for that because it's going to be an all out, full time. I mean, a full, a full on episode of preview and predictions. And then a full-on review the week after. It is going to be something fantastical. And, 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 and the following, that that same weekend in episode 350 is going to be the beginnings of the football, NFL football regular season. So I am quite excited for that. But without further ado, let's get into, excuse me, the last bit of news that we have for this week. So I'll let you guys know about that. Um, hope you guys will join yours truly for episodes 349 and 350 going down in just a couple weeks time but we head over to fightful.com Taya Valkyrie if the roster has enough depth there should be multiple women's titles this is from Colin Tessier Taya Valkyrie says that there should be more women's titles in wrestling if the rosters are deep enough Valkyrie hold, currently holds several titles including the AAA Reina de Reinas Championship, the MLW World Women's Featherweight Championship, and the Impact Knockouts World Tag Team Championship. Uh, I don't know if that's legitimate though, because of the uh, of Perazzo and Green holding those championships. Hold that thought. I'm just gonna search for this for a quick second. Do, 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 tang. There we go. Boom, boom. All right, Let's see if we can find it here. Cause I know I'm not sure. Do, do, do. Who is the rain? Do do do. Do 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 do. Looking, I'm looking. I am looking. No, yeah. So she had it. Prior to uh, August 12th, that just passed uh, a week ago, a week or so ago, and then lost it. So, um, y- um, yikers. Uh, yeah. Anywho, let's not continue to ar- argue semantics and all that good stuff. Let's get back into the article. She also competes in the NWA, which recently announced the upcoming arrival of the NWA Women's Television Championship. Speaking with Steve Fall of NBC Sports Boston, Valkyrie was asked whether more companies should have secondary singles titles in their women's divisions. She responded by noting that as long as the roster has has the depth for it, there should be more opportunities for women to be champions. Valkyrie also pointed out that there are often multiple titles for the men, saying, quote, Yeah, I feel like the roster, if the roster's deep enough, which it is at NWA, I mean, there are so many fabulous women wrestlers that need the opportunity that are clawing their way to the top to get recognition. So I think this is just another opportunity for a woman to do that. In the world of wrestling, there are several men's championships. So I think 100% there should be opportunities for more women to be champions to prove that they belong. End quote. 
Fall brought up the possibility of having the number of women's matches equal to that of the men's division. And she stated that women have certainly proven themselves by now. So they deserve the same opportunity, saying, quote, Absolutely. We have come so far over the last decade or two in this industry, and women are proving that we can main event pay-per-views, we can main event television shows, that we can draw, that we make money, and that we are badasses. I feel like we should be given the opportunity just like anyone else. If I'm doing the same amount of work, if I'm busting my ass to get that recognition just like a guy would be, why can't I get that level of recognition as well? End quote. Valkyrie will aim to add to her collection of titles when she challenges Camille for the NWA World Women's Championship at NWA 74. Now, here is my thoughts on this. Now, as most of y'all know, if you haven't, if you've been listening to this podcast for more than um, about three, four minutes, I am full on an advocate for women's wrestling. I have been for for many years now and have wanted to see, you know, less brawn panties and more actual in-ring action because there are talent in this industry that can do the damn thing in the ring, i.e. Taya Valkyrie. She can go with the best of them. I didn't think she got a fair shake in NXT, but I'm going to, you know, let that let that be. It, it bees what it bees. It is what it is. And move on from that. But the way I see it, she's right. If you have enough depth on your women's roster to have more than just your top champion and your women's tag team champions, then yes, there should be a women's mid-card championship as long as you have the roster for it. And then I look at WWE and my advocacy for having just one full out, flat out, top to bottom women's division. Because of the fact that, well, before the renaissance of all that, um, and I still kind of, I actually still believe that, you know, there should just be one women's division. Across, spinning across both shows. Because, honestly, I believe that would help the women's tag team division out and help out, you know, you know, a women's champion. One women's champion, one tag team champion. And with, at that point, you can ha- insert a mid-card championship within. So, this is kind of why I despised when the whole situation went down with the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Because the only reason that we had the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions is because of the fact that Vince McMahon didn't want Nia Jackson, and Shayna Baszler losing to an NXT Tag Team when in all fucking honesty it made all the fucking sense in the world for Dakota Kai and Raquel Rodriguez to become the Women's Tag Team Champions. It made all the sense in the world, but Vince McMahon didn't want that because he didn't want an NXT team, a a Triple H team, holding the titles and not basically not showing up on Monday and Tuesdays. Or Mondays and Fridays, I'm sorry. But it makes all the sense in the world to do that. It made all the sense in the world at the time to do it. Then a week, legitimately like a week or so later, they they had the introduction of the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Which, in my mind, honestly, hasn't worked. They don't have the roster for it. NXT didn't have the roster for it. And you can kind of see now where the women's tag team division stood. So in all aspects, the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships should be kind of, you know, nil. Null and void. Because it is literally, it was only done because of the fact of an old fucking man who didn't fucking get it. So that's why I propose one full division. In terms of, like, NXT can have their division. They got the division right there. They have the women's champion. Cool. But they can also compete for the women's tag team championships. And I thought that would, thought that would have created nice, a little nice intrigue for the black and gold to actually have a championship, you know, from the main roster. But also giving them an opportunity to work on the main roster, in, you know, in that capacity. That would kind of give fans 
a little bit of a, you know, like, yeah, they're, you know, they're doing all this work on, you know, Raw and SmackDown. We're getting to know them. That's what I thought the, the, the route they were going to go. And it made sense to do that. And when you look at the roster up and down, especially now, you know, the returns of Bailey and Dakota, and now you add an EO into the mix and hopefully more women's talent coming back. Candice LeRae, Gar- Gargano, we're looking for use. Um, you know, possibly Indy Hartwell coming up. Like, there, there's a lot of opportunity. And I thought, you know, one full-on division would make all the sense in the world. Because then you can have your top women's champion. You have your tag team, top tag team champions. And then if you still have enough depth in the roster, a women's mid-card championship could work. It could work. It really could. I think WWE could pull that off. I really do. And like like Taya has said, over the last like, 10 to 20 years, they have come a women have in the industry have come a long way from where they were before and how they were portrayed on television show, on, on television and on pay-per-view. Because even even harking back to like the Divas era, which was which to me was an absolute fucking joke and still is to this day. To this day. Um There should be no reason why we should have, you know, pillow fights and all this shit. I mean, granted, yes, I was like, I, I was a teenager. I was just, I am just a man. I am merely just a man. But still, I want to see wrestling. I am not here to see pillow fights. I am here to see in-ring action. Now, with NXT being formed, it began that trend. And actually putting on matches. And matches that fucking matter. Not girls ripping off fucking dresses. So we can see a little, little bit of, a little bit of uh, that bow tie. You and that booty. You know what I'm saying? So, they've come a long, they've definitely come a long way. And Impact is pretty cool with that shit. Because now, because I mean, they do have the uh, top, the Knockouts Championship. And they have the Knockouts Tag Team Championship. And over in NWA, now they've got, you know, women, they got Camille as a women's champion, I believe. Um, the Hex lost, just lost the women's tag team championships. Now they're going to be incorporating a women's television champion. That's cool. And they have the depth for it. And they're still bringing in talent. I think WWE with the roster they have can also do that same thing. You know what I'm saying? They have more than enough women's talent on Raw and SmackDown to have a full flat out one full on division that spans across Raw and SmackDown and it brings more eyes to the talent that are actually competing on the shows and being able to possibly somewhere down the line have a mid-card championship for the women. That would be that would be cool. There's nothing wrong with that, but as long but she but she did say it. If the roster's deep enough, you know, give them that opportunity. You know, the fellas do have you know, especially on Raw and SmackDown, you have of course uh, the WWE Championship, Universal Championship, North uh, not North American, although I love that championship, um, United States Intercontinental Tag Titles. For the ladies, it's just Raw SmackDown Women's Champion and then the Women's Tag Team Championships. Feel me? So, and Ty is right. If the roster has the depth to pull it off, then hell yeah. If anything, if anything, and I I was, I saw a tweet from JD from NY206 a while back. And he stated, you know, the NXT Championships need to die. They just need to go away. Now, I mean, with Caden Carter on a chance at the helm, at the top of the division, I mean... It could help the cause, but they have to they have to build that division around them now, and start building up talent in that division because that's what you're gonna pretty much have to do. 
You could have, we could mitigate that. We could have mitigated that had not having separate women's tag team champions when it was a much better idea for them to compete and be able to have visibility on Raw and SmackDown. Just saying. If, if the roster's there and it's deep, let's make it pop. Let's get it popping. But we shall move on to some even crazier news. Kevin Nash calls out WWE for recent fucked up actions. We're over at Inside the Ropes at ICRWrestling.com. This is from Lyle Kilbane. WWE Hall of Famer Kevin Nash has accused former WWE management of trying to dismantle what Triple H had built up with NXT. In the autumn of 2021, things drastically changed in WWE with news emerging that Triple H had undergone surgery for a serious heart condition. With the game out of action, as he recovered, the brand he built NXT began to look unrecognizable. Gone was the black and gold, replaced with the multicolor branding for Nickelodeon 2.0. Gone were the established stars of the brand, replaced by new up-and-coming talent with more emphasis on character than in-ring finesse. Some of those stars that were brought to the WWE main roster, such as Karrion Cross and Keith Lee, did not find success there, as their characters and presentations were changed from their popular NXT ones. Both men were released from the WWE contracts, among a host of others, while, and while Cross has recently returned, Keith Lee has found a home in AEW, where he is one half of the current AEW World Tag Team Champions. Speaking on his Click This podcast, Kevin Nash has called out WWE for taking apart NXT and some of the brand's successful stars during Triple H's absence, saying, quote, He's got an eye for talent, that's for sure. Look at the guys, you know. Look at the people that he's kind of handpicked and pushed up on the WWE product on Raw. It was just like every one of them, every time one of them went up there, man, it was just like, how quick can we dismantle what got him over and fuck this dude up? Like I just, you know, it was almost like when he got sick, when he had the heart episode, they couldn't fucking get down there and dismantle what he had built in NXT quick enough. I thought it was fucked up, man. End quote. Kevin Nash is right. By the way, yes, that was the article. Sorry. But he's right. The, the moment we found out Triple H not only retired from in-ring competition, but had to go away for a while from NXT, Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard were chomping at the fucking bit to get down to Orlando and fuck everything up that Triple H had built. Triple H builds, Vince McMahon destroys. Couldn't leave it alone. It couldn't leave it alone. It happened when Triple H allowed talent to go up on to Raw and SmackDown, and they got buried. Or, or when Triple H uh, got had to had to step away because of his heart condition, and Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard came down and destroyed it. Everything Kevin Nash is not wrong in any bit of this. Triple H had a vision for what NXT should be, and in essence, he had the vision for what WWE's future could be. But Vince McMahon didn't want that because he didn't create it. So as quick as Triple H had to leave, Vince McMahon quickly destroyed NXT for what it was. They couldn't get down like and, and Kevin Nash nailed it. They couldn't get they couldn't fucking get down there and dismantle what he had built in NXT quick enough. Every time 
a, a new talent was called up from NXT, Vince McMahon immediately destroyed it. For the most part. Not every talent. But for the most part, yeah. Proof is in the pudding. All Vince McMahon had to do was just realize of what Paul was trying to do. And continue that. And just maintain it. Nah. He had to turn into Nickelodeon 2.0. And once that, and once we started to see the, the difference in how a Triple H book show is and how Vince McMahon book shows, people immediately walked away and stopped watching NXT altogether, myself included. I'll admit that. Because I'm not trying to see main roster light. There's a reason we flocked to NXT because it was what we wanted that we weren't getting with main roster talent. That's the difference. That's the big fucking difference. Just went from the black and gold to this, you know, multicolored and bright and all this shit and talent couldn't be over the age of 25 and developmental and all this shit and look where it got you. Look where it got. It turned out to be a flop. I'm not saying we want you know, Triple H has to go back to the full on yesteryear of the black and gold, but you can't. You gotta fucking admit that what we were getting from Vince and Bruce was absolutely fucking abysmal. It was a joke. There weren't many believable characters, believable storylines, or anything of that matter. It was just Vince McMahon fingerprints everywhere. That's all it was. A full-on, flat-out Vince McMahon fingerprint of what we didn't want. They have talent down there in NXT. Let's not get it twisted. But the way they were being portrayed was absolutely fucking just a failure. It was a flat-out failure. A God-forsaken failure. And now that Triple H is back in the fold, now... Hopefully, NXT can become can start going back to NXT and becoming what it is, because that's what we as fans deserve. And I know for a fact that we're gonna get that. But seriously, like NXT 2.0, let's let, let's dead that. Let's end that for good. NXT is NXT. <laughs> It's not Chuck, it's not Chuck E. Cheese, it's Damon Busters. It's what a real adult, real adults play at. Anywho, we end this week's episode of the podcast with some wonderful news that just warmed my heart the second I found out. Well, two bits of news. One, Kenny Omega is back in AEW, and I'm very pleased with that, and I'm glad he's back somewhat in full health. I saw the video of him, uh, he came back out. With the entrance, you know, from North Carolina. Yeah, all that good stuff. And fans went bonkers. 
and all that shit, and it was fantastic. It was just, yes. So glad to see Kenny Omega is back in the fold of AEW, competing for the Trios Tournament uh, in, in the AEW World Trios Championship. That's going to be dope. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I'll try to keep up on it as much as I can. But I'm just happy to see Kenny Omega is back in the fold. Not fully back to being the cleaner that we all know and love, but he is on his fucking way. But then this bit of news came about, and it warmed my heart. From WrestlingInc.com. Backstage news on AEW's potential involvement in NJPW's Wrestle Kingdom from Eric Mutter. Ever since AEW and JPW's Forbidden Door concluded back on June 26th, fans have been wondering what the next step would be regarding the partnership between two promotions. In particular, some have wondered if fans could see several AEW stars make the trek for an NJPW-AEW Super Show in Japan or even just a big New Japan show. That answer appears to be yes. On this morning's Wrestling Observer Radio, well not this morning, this was on Tuesday, so on Tuesday's episode of Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer answered a mailbag question regarding whether fans should expect to see AEW stars on Wrestle Kingdom 17 this January. Yes, Meltzer said. I don't know how many, but I have, in fact, been told of certain plans for AEW wrestlers on Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle? Wrestle Kingdom. AEW's got enough guys that they could lose five or six guys, even a lot of their top guys, and they can still do a show. Facts. Meltzer didn't provide any names of AEW talent that were in the plans for Wrestle Kingdom, though one could safely assume that FTR, who currently hold the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships, would be featured on the show. Other likely candidates include former NJPW talent such as Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, John Moxley, and current G1 participant Lance Archer. And also, uh, just before I get back into the article, uh, congratulations to Kazuchika Okada for uh, going back-to-back back, uh, with the G1 Climax. We know last year's was uh, under unfortunate circumstances with uh, Kota Ibushi's shoulder injury. Uh, but this one, he did beat Will Ospreay to become back-to-back um, -back winner. And, you know, possibly going after Jay Whitehall. For the IWGP uh, World Heavyweight Championship at Wrestle Kingdom. But we'll see how that road goes. I'll talk about that at a later time. Going back into it. Uh, current G1 participant Lance Archer. As well as Brian Danielson. Who has long expressed his, his desire to work at a New Japan show. Or the G1 Climax Tournament. Now. As Meltzer, Dave Meltzer alluded. Wrestle Kingdom. Which always takes place on January 4th. Oh, okay. I thought Milo wanted to go out of the room. Milo was just relaxing. I'm comfy. Super, super comfy. And I'm very happy to be comfy with my dad as he records episode 347 of the YLB podcast. Um, I'm going to go back to, to nap now. Spread love, eat chicken. And that is Milo, Mr. YLP Jr. with the, his weekly appearance on the show. Now, let's get back into it. As Dave Meltzer alluded... Wrestle Kingdom, which always takes place on January 4th, will fall on a Wednesday, the same day that AEW Dynamite airs and AEW Rampage is taped. This would mean several members of AEW's talent pool could be missing the promotion's flagship shows in order to work New Japan's equivalent to WrestleMania. It's unknown at this time whether AEW would choose to choose instead choose to tape Dynamite or Rampage a week prior in order to have it all its talent available. In the meantime, Crossover remains between AEW and New Japan in the form IWGP uh, in the form of IWGP US Champion Will Ospreay, along with United Empire teammates Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. 
Osprey, Osprey will take part in the AEW's Trios Championship Tournament, taking on Death Triangle on next week's episode of Dynamite. And I'm sure that will be an absolute fucking grade A certified banger. Now let me grab this mic real quick and just hold it up like I'm supposed to because this is the last uh, bit of news we have for this week. Hope you guys have been enjoying the episode so far. If you do, leave comments, leave all that good stuff, and I'll tell you at the end of today's show. This has the potential to be one of the best shows of 2023 if AEW does get involved. If AEW's uh, involvement with the show, with Wrestle Kingdom, comes about, I would be absolutely more than excited to see it because I love me some Wrestle Kingdom. I love talking about it every single year it comes about. It's on the same day, so I never forget the date of when it goes down, which is fan-fucking-tastic in my opinion. Um, and yes, with this portion of the program, we know that this year, uh, 2023's version, it will fall on a Wednesday. Kind of a kooky day of the week, but hey, it bees what it bees. It is what it is. But this is the this is the way we had the Forbidden Door show just a couple months ago, and it was a, a absolute success across the board. We all know this to be true, but this is bigger than just a show in Chicago. This is Tokyo. This is Wrestle Kingdom 17. This is New Japan's WrestleMania. After the success we've seen with Forbidden Door. Immediately, a lot of people were hoping, were wanting to see a Forbidden Door 2, and the possibility now of a Wrestle Kingdom with an AEW talent involved. Now, it's no secret we've seen AEW talent compete in Wrestle Kingdoms before. John Moxley, former U.S. champion, against Lance Archer, him versus Minoru Suzuki, which is honestly one of still, wow, that was fun. But the thought of seeing. Uh, a CM Punk in the Tokyo Dome. The thought of seeing a Brian Danielson in the Tokyo Dome. The thought of seeing um, FTR in the Tokyo Dome. See, hell, seeing FTR possibly compete in World Tag League would be fucking awesome. That would be that would be so cute, you guys. So cute. So cute. It would be. I mean, just think of the names you could put in an, a, a New Japan show, right? Especially now that we know that um, it's not going to be... It's Now, mind you, in the news, um, New Japan is just going to be a one-night show, not a two-night show like they have been for the past couple of years um, because of the uh, fact that the Tokyo Olympics have been pushed back. So um, New, New Japan was doing that in 2020 to celebrate the uh, Olympic Games in Tokyo. Um, when that really didn't go down, they had to re- they did uh, we had to redo it for the Olympics in 2021, and they did that uh, they did that again, stuttering like a motherfucker today. I don't know why English hard apparently in my mind, but when all is said and done, with me it would be personally at least. Seeing AEW talent at New Japan, in New Japan is awesome. It is fantastic. And, I mean, it's made names, you know, especially in the G1. Hangman Page being, like, the most notable, in my opinion. His come up started really at the G1. I said then he was the MVP of the entire tournament. I saw most of his matches during the tournament. Really did. Uh... 
And I know how big it would be for a Brian Daniels to be a part of G1. That would be insane. That would be must-see for me, at least. And I got NJPW World on deck. And, you know, thinking of the potential matchups that could happen at a Wrestle Kingdom, at a new, seeing them at a New Year's Dash, possibly seeing them at a, at a fucking Dominion. You know what I'm saying? Seeing them at a G1, seeing them compete in World Tag League. That would, it's just those things. Destruction in Kobe or, or wherever they're going to do it that year. Um, it's that brilliant. It's that intense. It's that possibility of just seeing people in NGPW that we haven't seen before that we have wanted to see. I've, st- I've, I've seen it online and I'm with, I forget who the person who said it, FTR and World Tag League alone would be brilliant. Seeing Danielson in a G1 would be nuts. A Claudio Castagnoli in uh, New Japan. You know, a Juice Robinson coming over to AEW. I mean, this relationship is now start has now become the blossom into something that a lot of people are have been clamoring for since Forbidden Door. Even before then. This is a this the potential of this show in Wrestle Kingdom, and now given the fact that fans starting, I believe in uh, I believe next month, um, will be able to actually yell and scream and all that, you know, that's going to be that adds more to it because if you've ever watched the New Japan show, you know the crowd really gets into it, and just starting in September, it's going to be back to that. So imagine what Tokyo Dome is going to be like, you know, with, you know, a Kenny Omega possibly making a return, a Brian Danielson probably showing up, you know, and, you know, getting in the face of somebody, maybe a Tanahashi, you know what I'm saying? CM Punk possibly showing up, you know, you know, seeing possibly, you know, Keith Lee and uh, Swirl Strickland in, in World Tag League. That would be cool. I would enjoy that. So when you really look at the potential involvement, I say bring it. I say let them go to Japan and do their thing. You know, as long if, if as long as Japan's you know kind of you know lessening their restrictions in terms of COVID, which they are are starting to now, um, I think this just opens up a lot for Tony Khan and uh, Takami Obari to continue their relationship and knowing the reality of what how big this could become for both promotions across the board think of think of possibly a Zack Sabre Jr. Brian Danielson match at Wrestle Kingdom that would be awesome um Tanahashi versus Punk that would be awesome MJF in NGPW I know a lot of people probably be like you're out of your fucking mind but I would love to see that just to see him berate the Japanese fans. Sue me. It's just that that possibility is there. And now after Forbidden Door, it's more of it's starting to become more of a reality. And that's the biggest thing I think we need to take away from this. The success of Forbidden Door opened the pos- opened those possibilities for Wrestle Kingdom and beyond. Forbidden Door 2 in Japan? Maybe. We talked about that a few weeks ago in the podcast. As far as we know, that's not a thing right right now. But the way I see it, 
then the way I understand it, I would love nothing more than to see AEW talent competing in NJPW on a regular basis. That to me is called very good business. That to me is called a good time for the fans. That to me is called why we enjoy wrestling in the first fucking place. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to conclude episode 347 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, we'll close out the show as always in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 348 of the YLP podcast. We'll see you on the other side. That's going to be it for episode 347 of the YLP Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are. In the world! Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Again, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or opinions about today's episode or any of the other 346 episodes of the YLP podcast, do not hesitate to hit me up with an email over at younglionsperspective at gmail.com. You can also leave a voice message over at anchor.fm slash younglionsperspective, anchor.fm slash radio over on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast, do not hesitate to follow me on all of my social media. You can find me on Twitter at YL Perspective. That's capital YLP Perspective. Over on Instagram at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective. And you can also find me over on Facebook. I believe I'm still there, unless they decided to boot me for no reason at all. Uh, I'm over there. Simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Follow me on all these platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP Podcast. Share this episode across all your social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, doesn't matter where you share it doesn't matter who you share it with you know somebody that loves professional wrestling and loves hearing about the news of the week and my perspective on the world of professional wrestling send them through tell them to stop by tell them to check it out hopefully somewhere down the line they enjoy the show they tell a friend who tells a friend who tells a friend and we spread the word in that fashion because with not only the YLP podcast, but of course the Kings of the Rings podcast, the Brace for Impact podcast, and don't you dare forget about the WrestleMania podcast. We here at Wrestle Addict Radio strive to bring you the very best top-notch quality entertainment every single week to be the top of the pops, the best of the best, the cream of the crop. To be seen as then, now, and forever, the alternative for professional wrestling podcast, and that we are here to stay. Now, I know most of y'all know do that. I know that you may not have the anchor up, and that's perfectly fine. You're not hurt. You know, you're not hurt my feelings if you listen to this on the anchor. Or not if you're not listening to this on the anchor app. It's perfectly fine. If you are, much appreciated, and I thank you. But if you're not, and you still want to, you know, listen to the YLB podcast in its entirety every single week, I have many different 
platforms that you can check out this episode on, including not only just Anchor and Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, but Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Podbean, and as always, shout out to the Podbean gang, CastBox FM, Overcast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the entire family of WrestleAgria podcasts on all these platforms, and you should have no problem finding us whatsoever. If you do, you probably spelled it wrong, and that's a you thing. But other than that, you should have no problem finding us at all. I believe I fulfilled my obligations and duties for this week's episode, looking over to the judges to ensure I have done so. And this week's judges in the country of Moldova. Interesting country, but uh, Marina Shavir, uh, first uh, Moldovan ever in WWE. Fun fact for you guys for this week. And I believe I got the thumbs up and I'm good to go. So, next week, episode 348 of the YLP podcast is just going to be like this week. All the news that's fit for me to talk about. Hopefully, um, we get to know. If we get anything more on Vince McMahon, you know I'm going to talk about it. Um, If there's any news, and I'm saying this for real, for real. If there's any news you think would be worthy of being all the news that's fit for Mr. YLP to talk about, send it my way. YoungLionsPerspective at gmail.com. If you feel like it's a topic that should be discussed, maybe it's something I don't discuss on the podcast. Anything of that nature. Again, send articles my way. Send me something. I'll check it out. I'll read it. And if it, and if I feel like it deserves to be on there, not only will I make it part of the actual part of the show, I will make sure I give you a shout out and give you your 15 minutes of excellence and magnificence. So, yeah, I'm going to create like a dialogue between, uh, you know, us, you know, I don't want it to be one sided. Let's, you know, bring it, bring, let's make it a two way street. You know, help me help you. So if you want, if you have any articles or anything of the nature, send that my way. Also, do not hesitate to give me a voice message over Anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective. I will put, I will have that on the show without issue. Depending on the topic, I may do it at a future time. I may do it in that particular episode. But I want to create that dialogue with you guys. I want to know what you're thinking about this week's topics, and I want to know what you're thinking about the world of professional wrestling. Where you stand, where you at, how you feeling, all that stuff. It's all about creating a dialogue amongst the both of us, you know. Because most of the time you're just listening to me rambling on, but you have opinions too, and I want y'all to let that let you know that I want that to be known. So if you, like I said, anything, any news you think is worthy of talking about on this podcast, send that my way. And if it is, I'll definitely give you a shout out and talk about your topic uh, or the article that you have sent me or given me. Well, other than that, y'all, it is the it is the weekend, and I hope you guys are enjoying yourselves. Doing it is whatever you may be doing today. I will be in the. Uh, Doing some yard work, so um, that's gonna be fun. I'm gonna be getting my my hands dirty in the yard. It's gonna be great, great times. Uh, hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. If you're gonna be going out this weekend, as I always say, please do enjoy yourselves responsibly. Take that Uber or Lyft home. No need to get a DUI and have to deal with five figures worth of lawyer fees and nonsensical bullshit. Instead of just doing, instead of just spending the, that thirty dollars to get back to your hotel room or wherever it is that you may be staying at for the evening when you return. So uh, enjoy yourselves. Be responsible. Don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything crazy. You know, football season's coming up too. And uh, yeah, so we got all that locked down. Other than that, I'm going to get the hell out of here because I'm grilling because it is Friday in the YLP room as I was recording this. And I'm going to be grilling some chicken. And uh, I got someone in the corner who's very, very happy about his chimkin. I'm getting the hell out of here, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Have a fantastic, productive, kick-ass week. May it be as fruitful as you hope it to be. Enjoy that. 
do work, kick ass, chase excellence, and all that good stuff. And I'll see you guys right back here next Saturday for episode 348 of the YLP Podcast. See you! Happy birthday, Kay. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.